Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out recent guests who've been on JM in the AM. Rabbi Ari Rockoff led the Mizrahi Solidarity Mission to Israel for rabbis and community leaders. He joined us on a recent Friday from Israel. Here's Rabbi Ari Rockoff on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Friday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. Well, if you would have told Ari Rockoff, who's the executive vice president of RZA Mizrahi, if you would have told him a month ago, uh, that he'd be in Israel at the very beginning of July. I don't know if he'd believe it, if he would have believed it. Uh, he is leading a leadership solidarity mission that is extremely, extremely impressive. A list of rabbis and Jewish leaders uh, that really is is really distinguishable. Uh, very, very impressive. And he's actually in Lud, in the city of Lud with the group right now, on what is essentially, I would guess, the third day of their mission. They left Wednesday, so we'll call that day one. This is the third day of their mission to Israel. Ari Rockoff, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Ari, are you there? All righty. Ari? Yes. Oh, there you are. Good morning. Are. Hi. Ari, I didn't give up on you, thank God. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Just, just to make it clear, I don't want this to be the focus of the conversation, but so people understand uh, because there's so many people frustrated they can't get to Israel, because you arranged for this group to go, and because the Israeli government has a a, a a more positive attitude towards groups that are organized coming to Israel, thank God you guys were able to land there yesterday. Yes, and uh, I, I appreciate the introduction. I appreciate being with you. And if you asked me five days ago <laughs> um, if we make it here, I, I would have said 50-50, <laughs> but uh, we made it. Amen to that, and I'm sure it's an amazing feeling. By the way, by the way, uh, th- this is not a bad question to start this conversation because, again, a lot of people are hanging on every word when someone's calling in from Israel, and especially these days. What is it like? What's it like touching down in Tel Aviv after the long absence from our holy land? It was uh, surreal. We're here with a group of 30 um uh, community leaders, rab- uh, rabbis across the country, North America, U.S., Canada, um, and it's surreal. I mean, when's the last time? We're somewhat spoiled. You know, we when's the last time? None of us have been, been here for any period more than more than uh, a month, two months. You know, it's been eighteen months for everyone. So it was uh, it was it was surreal. It was also eerie, I must say, going through Ben Gurion uh, almost alone. Um, they actually have isolated the different um, you know the different. You know, parts of the airport from different yeah. countries. So, you know, I could share more on that as well. But yeah, it was surreal, wonderful, and we're very, very, we're very appreciative that we were able to get in. Well, the list of Jewish leaders, rabbis, and community leaders that you have with you is really amazing, uh, to say the least. And anybody who sees the list, I mean, you'll, you'll agree. Um, it's funny or, or interesting especially knowing the way these leadership missions go, and you have a lot of people to meet with and a lot of things to do and a lot of places to tour. But today, on Erev Shabbos, you took the group, and you are right now, in Lud, Israel. Why are you in Lud? <laughs> yeah, so we are actually physically in Lud. In fact, not only are we in Lud, I'm in a synagogue. As we speak, I didn't have this coordinated. I'm not that organized. Um, but I'm in a synagogue now that um, was burnt down. Uh, just a month ago, and we're meeting with residents of the town here. Uh, it turns out this synagogue has been burned down three times in the last 10 years. You know, there's a lot of history here that preceded. I think we know Lud because we landed Lud when we fly in through right. El Al and United and 
is Delta, whatever it might be. Um, but uh, but I've, I've never been to this town, so this is my first visit. And actually, it's day three of our trip with the Bidud, the required Bidud. This is day one. So we felt for a solidarity leadership mission, this would be our first, uh, the first thing we would do. Yeah. So we left you know, from Jerusalem this morning. This is actually our first stop. And, of course, the goal is to be in Yushalayim for Shabbat, please God, and you have an entire list. I mean, I read the itinerary of a lot of leaders, both religious and uh, government leaders, that you're going to be uh, um, speaking to and people that are going to address uh, your crowd, your mission. Uh, you know, Ari, you and I, Ari Rockoff is with us, Executive Vice President RZA Mizrahi, by the way. Uh, as as things open up, please God, please God, continue to check rza.org slash journey home, rza.org slash journey home. Uh, Mizrahi, which is now a very, very active uh, USA uh, Mizrahi organization, um, it, it wants to play a very important role in getting people back to Israel and reuniting and reacquainting people with Israel. So go to rza.org slash journey home, rza.org slash journey home, and hopefully soon flights like the one Ari took will be heading out uh, with groups of people uh, to visit Israel. Um, it, it's a, um, it, I think one of the, one of the, um, things that I've been emphasizing about going back to Israel is people who have not, and, and I don't think, and I'm being serious about this. I don't think it's only because the Israeli government would prefer it this way. I think you're going to see a lot more people going with groups like yours just to get reacquainted with the land. Uh, we, we've not only missed the state of Israel and all that it has to offer, relatives and friends included, uh, but in addition to that, we realize that there are places we haven't been to in a long time, places we haven't shown our children and grandchildren. And I think, Ari, the organized tour is going to have a little bit of a revival in this era. Yeah, I think that's correct. You know, I think right now it's practical and structural. You know, um, thank God we were with many NCSY groups um, from New Jersey, from Florida, from all across the country. They're landing one by one. Right. I think it's, uh, but yeah, I think what you're describing is absolutely accurate. And, uh, look, I hope it will go back to what we'll call normal, right, where you can fly and go as we come, but for obvious reasons, they've had to clamp down because of the, uh, the spikes in uh, the new Delta strain. Yeah, no question about it. We don't, we don't know exactly when things will be open skies, but we're certainly hoping for it. Ari Rakov is Executive Vice President of RZA Mizrahi. He is in Israel at this time. Um, the, the list of people that you're meeting with is very, very impressive, um, it includes people in the new government, I would assume. At least it's scheduled on your uh, on your itinerary. Um, I, I, I would imagine that there are a lot of people in your group who have a lot to say about the direction that the Israeli government has taken over the last month or so. Do you think over the next few days when you're there, this is going to be a very hot topic? Um, I do. It was a hot topic even before we got on the trip. Um, you know, everyone's coming, obviously, to, uh, you know, to reconnect show solidarity, but also, you know, issues of the day. So we, we deliberately are meeting with a broad spectrum um, of, the, of the new government, you know, from right to left to center. You know, within our group, we have a wide range of opinions, and right. we're being very deliberate on how we're planning for it. And uh, each conversation actually is going to be intimate. We're not doing it. We're actually meeting in the Knesset with the uh, MKs. Uh, that'll be on Monday. Monday is, is the day that the Knesset sits actively. You know, we, we expect some time changes. Um, but uh, besides that, you know, we look forward to a full day, actually, on Monday uh, at the Knesset. Very interesting. I'll tell you, there's, uh, 
There's a lot going on in Israel right now. People here on this side of the world may not realize it because we don't get to go often enough or at all at the present time. But there's so much happening in terms of the direction of Israel. Also, Ari, the um, I, I wonder because of the leadership role, and I noticed that that Fleur was uh, one of, who joined us last week on the air was yeah. was one of the people that uh, that greeted you. Um, you know, her mantra, rightfully so, has been the leadership role that Israel is now taking in world jury. We, we always looked especially yeah. to the diaspora, especially to American jury, uh, for, for the support that was needed for Israel and other places. And now that is that is undergoing a major shift, uh, to say the least. Is, is that is that something that um, is that something that's palpable? Is that something that you know, as you sit in these meetings? I know you haven't had many meetings yet. Uh, but is that something that, that you think will resonate uh, with the people that are with you, that unlike a couple of years ago or maybe the last time they were there, there's a completely different direction in terms of Israel's leadership role in the Jewish world? Um, you know, can you be more specific? In other words, a leadership role, because I, I, we met with Thor, of course. Well, because she, I mean, just as an example, that she felt the need to do a solidarity mission to the United States because of the anti-Semitism going on here, just that in and of itself was was taking a page out of the book of American jury with all the solidarity missions we've undertaken over the last so many decades. And I just feel that in addition to what they're doing in Florida with the rescue team, I know that happens around the world very, very often. It's not unusual for Israel to show up uh, to help in rescue efforts. But I think in general... Uh, it, some of the members of the Israel of the current Israeli government are looking at their role when it comes to world jury very differently than a few years ago. That they that they have to reach out and they need to be concerned about the education and the Jewish education and well being of Jews around the world. Yeah, I, I understand your point very clearly, and I think it's, it's definitely palpable. It was palpable already on this trip. Um, and it's been palpable, actually, for, I would say, you know, even a matter of months. Um, there was a letter that went out uh, a, few, a few weeks back. Um, it, w- it was originally in Hebrew. It was a message uh, translated to English and sent to over a 1,000 rabbis in America. Um, you know, support from, you know, top rabbinic leadership across Israel, you know, when we were going through, you know, a difficult period of anti-Semitism, which, unfortunately, I read the news from my hometown in Boston, you know, just this morning, yeah, that's right. um, it's just devastating. That's and right. yes, I think there is, I don't know how I want to call it a paradigm shift. I think that probably Bennett himself, you know, he's only been in office a short while, but right. he talks very often about, you know, the need to, you know, make Israel the center that, of course, it is for all of us, but it's the center of the conversation and the leadership for, for diaspora. And I think, yeah, that is something that is certainly different. I think in a week's time after the conversations, I could, I could probably respond you know, even more, um, you know, in terms of what I'm hearing. But we, we were greeted by the deputy mayor uh, of Jerusalem by Zoom. We were all in Bidud in our rooms, so that was interesting. She wasn't able to actually come to our hotel. Ah. So even that kind of experience at home was kind of bizarre, to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> but we did. She met us on Zoom, and she was in Baca in her apartment, and we were all in our rooms uh, in the King's Hotel. I mean, that was the first. Um, but, you know, in this uh, Zoom environment, it seems kind of normal, but she was wonderful. And uh, our group is calling her the Nikki Haley of Israel. You know, she's <laughs> someone, if you haven't on the show, yeah. bring her on. I know she's been with you. She's, uh, she's great and uh, very dynamic and was really giving us a very full picture of Jerusalem today. Uh, it was very, very unique perspective. Are you getting any idea of when rza.org slash journey home will become a reality where more groups with people who are desperate to go will be able to head to Israel with you? You know, a month ago, uh, a week ago, you know, I, I would have answered differently. Just the spike in COVID here 
was totally unexpected. And I think, you know, Hashem runs the world, and I think we're learning that, and that's been reminding us. So I wish I could say a month from now, after Yontif, oh, Sukkot, it should be good. Um, I, I would like to say by the end of this calendar year, going into the next one, that, that it will be much more open. But I'm, I'm um, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic that the journey home uh, will happen. Uh, it just might be a little later than perhaps we expected. Yeah. Um, I would say by December, December, January, it looks like it will be fully open. That's, um, for my word, that's what, what we're hearing here in terms of how they plan to kind of phase it in. And now we're uh, we're practically in the middle of summer, and who knows what the winter will bring. By the way, is the community fund still active? The uh, Israel Community Fund that you guys are part of to help Lud and other areas that were attacked is that is that still active on the web? Yeah, not only is it active, it, we just actually launched it this past, uh, this past week, oh, wow. um, heading into the three weeks. It was an initiative of Rabbi Shalom Axelrod, the Israel of Woodmere. Rabbi Shmuel Ismach, uh, Rabbi Yadung Israel Greenak, together with the National Council, you know, essentially reached out and said, this was two months back, how do we help with the situation at Lod? How right. can we be more deliberate? And, you know, can we help build the shuls back as an example? And it was a real interesting conversation because, you know, Rabbi Doran Perez, head of World Mizrahi, and his team happened to be in Lod, you know, here on, on, on the ground. And, you know, we essentially created a fund um, to be able to earmark towards uh, the needs of the community, which interestingly was not to actually rebuild the shuls. You know, one would think when a shul was, if a shul were torched, God forbid, that the, that the primary need would be to rebuild. Actually, that's all covered by insurance. In fact, the shul that I'm looking at right now was already re- rebuilt. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, uh, the entire shul is already rebuilt. You could see the damage on the sides, but it's, uh, it's been rebuilt. The needs here are actually psychological and social. Um, you know, kids have been tormented. We listened to a woman speak to us just a few minutes ago. She saw her Arab neighbors, who were her friends, you know, for the last 10 years, pointing out, literally pointing out to, uh, to, to, to the mob uh, on the street, which car is the torch, which house is the torch, which shows, which shows the torch. They were pointing, and they had God video almighty. footage of it. That's something I did not know. God I don't know almighty. if that came out of the media, but we heard from five or six people. We're in someone's apartment right now. That I'm looking at that was torched, and it's scary. So now the issues that we're going to be raising funds around are going to be, um, first of all, it's not a one-time fund. It's a fund that will be able to be perpetuated, hopefully for some good opportunity, you know, good expansion and infrastructure and support. But for right now, this fund, um, you know, which is rza.org, Israel Community Fund, uh, backslash Israel Community Fund, is going to help with bringing social workers here and rabbis who uh, can help bring people back. Many people not home left load because of riots. Not surprisingly, how are they going to get back? Who's going to talk to the kids about coming out of their house again? Uh, they're terrified. So, uh, so, so we tried to, yeah, we tried to match that up because sometimes when we fund things, it's hard to know. We assume from a distance, I know I did before this, that the fund would go to fund, you know, the bricks and mortar. Uh, but in this case, it's much more on the human level. Um, so we, we've been able to sort of identify that, earmark that, and for those interested interested in in, uh, in contributing, they can go there. And uh, we're hoping to have over 100 schools participate in this uh, through their schools and, and schools. So that, know, many in this group alone will be that. Yeah, that, that's why I want to emphasize. Uh, I mean, anybody's invited, obviously, to go look at the web page. Quite obviously, but those of you who are leaders, presidents of synagogues, rabbis, certainly take a look because it's not just a a fund. It is also a whole strategy of how to develop this into a way that um, that we in the diaspora and around the world can help when cities in Israel 
and Jewish neighborhoods in Israel go through episodes like this. So go to uh, rza.org slash Israel Community Fund. Again, that's rza.org slash Israel Community Fund. Information about the uh, trips, please God, please God. We don't know exactly what's going to be over the next half a year, but RZA Mizrahi, which is extremely active now, is uh, planning on uh, leading trips to Israel. Um, if they look anything like the itinerary of the one that Rabbi Rockoff is leading right now, then you're in for quite a treat. Go to rza.org slash journey home, rza.org slash journey home. Ari Rockoff from Lud and ready to spend a Shabbat with Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. Anything else you'd like to add, sir? No, I just want to say thank you for having me, and uh, I look forward to um, seeing you when we get back. And like like you said, I hope that uh, we'll be able to get back back here on the journey home. It's been too long, and uh, I look forward to uh, doing that all together as a community. Can't believe you pulled this off. Kolak Avod, best regards to everybody in Jerusalem and Israel. Thank you so much. Have Rabbi, a great Shabbos. A good Shabbos. Rabbi Ari Rockoff. Unbelievable that they pulled this off. Unbelievable that, thank God, the government of Israel let everybody in, <laughs> frankly. Um, rza.org slash journey home if you want to support the fund or learn more about how you could set up a satellite fund for the general fund that we just discussed. rza.org slash Israel Community Fund. rza.org slash Israel Community Fund. That was my conversation with Rabbi Ari Rockoff. John Moscott is a pitcher for Team Israel. We spoke in advance of this past Sunday's event when Team Israel played against the FDNY in Brooklyn, New York. John Moscott, pitcher for Team Israel, my guest on JM in the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, I know that uh, on this radio program it's rare that baseball players are called Jewish heroes, <laughs> but you know our attitude toward Team Israel. They are very well in the context of uh, one of the great sports of America and this world. They are very well representing the Jewish people in the state of Israel. I've said this from the beginning, from their very first game in this era. Um, There's so many little things they do that are so inspiring. The documentary about them was incredible and had so many moments. And now, as I've been telling you, on the 11th of July, they start an amazing tour here in the United States. Uh, one of the reasons that I want that game to be a great success attendance-wise is because my car disability services is uh, selling uh, VIP seats to that game. And you know from our work with Makar just how important they are. So if you're interested in the July 11th Sunday game at Maimonides Park on Surf Avenue in Brooklyn, it starts at 4 p.m. Take down this number. Support Makar. And support Team Israel, 917-796-7361. That's 917-796-7361. They're going to go to Rockland County. They're going to go to a Connecticut. They'll be in Harrisburg. Uh, they'll be in Bethesda, Maryland. They'll be in Aberdeen. That's the game we were talking about before for the Baltimore Jewish community. Uh, and they're going to wrap up on the 20th of July at Central Islip um, against New York's finest. Uh, but they play the FDNY the 11th of July, 4 p.m. at Maimonides Park. And I want to thank Jewish National Fund USA. They have been not only fundraising for the Israeli Olympic baseball team, they have created so many amazing initiatives, uh, raising money to build the -the state-of-the-art baseball and softball fields in Israel, including the primary Team Israel field in Beit Shemesh. They have a fundraiser to cover the expenses now for Team Israel. JNF USA has been unbelievable, and we share their vision. And now it is with great pleasure that I introduce the Jewish hero I'm talking about. John Moscott is uh, an American Israeli 
He's a former major league pitcher. He was with the Cincinnati Reds, drafted by the Reds in the fourth round back in 2012. In 2018, he became a dual Israeli citizen and pitched for Team Israel in the 2019 European Baseball Championship, pitched for the team at the Africa-Europe 2020 Olympic Qualification Tournament in Italy back in 2019, which Israel won to qualify to play baseball at the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo, and we can't wait. John Muscott, welcome to JM in the AM. Oh, thank you, Nahum. This must appreciate have, the introduction. Yeah, th- this must have been an insane. I mean, we all talk about the effects of COVID nineteen. Waiting a year for the tournament of your life must have been an insane feeling. Absolutely insane. I think everybody on the team was devastated last year when we found out it wasn't going to happen. But we are over the moon and excited about this year. We've been prepping long enough and ready to go. And uh, yeah, if I told you all the little things and details about <laughs> how crazy it is that it's working out this year, um, as far as you know, personally and for our team, it's it's amazing. So we're, we're we're excited and ready. And I'd have to assume. I mean, we we all follow Olympic news because it's so such an important thing worldwide. Even non sports fans hear what's happening with the Olympics. I, I have to assume that you you had to have felt that even this year, twenty twenty one, could have been postponed the way things were going. No doubt. I mean, I, I actually remember I was with my wife, and there was an article that came out, and it was, it was, uh, I believe, fake news, but it really looked real, man. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty good at that nowadays. And and I was I was reading it, and it said that the Olympic organizers are saying that the Olympics are going to be canceled, and I, I was devastated. I mean, I was really devastated, and oh, just to to be in this position, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm grateful to be able to go and play and represent Israel and. I know we all are. We're all not taking this for granted, not one moment, and we're excited, and we appreciate everybody's support. Well, what the, well, that's what was so impressive about the documentary, and frankly, as I've gotten somewhat close to the team as an average fan, that that's what's been so remarkable is that, you know, all you guys from different backgrounds, different geographic places, et cetera, all with their uh, different Jewish experiences have this amazing pride and desire to represent Israel. I mean, even becoming an Israeli citizen, which you did, I can't imagine that's the easiest thing to do or the easiest decision to make. And 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 so many of you have the same incredible uh, attitude, such a heartwarming attitude toward Israel and the Jewish people. How did a group of guys like this get together? Well, that's the beauty of our team, and you just summed it up right there. We come from tons of different places where some are born in Israel, some are American, but we are now all Israeli. And... We, I've been on a lot of teams. I've been on a lot of teams, and I've never been on a team quite like this one, where you you walk into a clubhouse, you don't know some of the guys day one, you feel like you're their best friend at the end of the day, and that's the special bond that we have as Jews, as uh, now Israelis, as we go towards this Olympics. You know, we've got some we've got some talented teams we're going up against, but we've got a very special connection and something that's unique to to us. We're we're really excited to put that on display. You know, John Moscott's with us, um, um, former Major League player, one of the greats now with Team Israel. You know, and the Olympics start the 23rd of July, by the way, everybody. You know, you you just made such an amazing point. Starting in Little League, I'd imagine, I can't even, you probably can't even count how many teams you've been on, right? And, And so you've seen what a collection of guys is like and the different dynamics and the different you know, atmosphere that each team has. I'm sure each one is unique. And you get to this one, and there's nothing quite like it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you're playing as a youth. You're playing for fun. And, and then it turns into, where am I going to go to school? And then right. it turns into, 
you know, where am I going to, you know, where am I going to get drafted? And then from the draft, it turns into, okay, how, you know, every, every time you're going out there, you're playing as much as you are playing for a team, you're playing individually. Right. And you feel very collectively that on this team, no one's playing for the individual, which is amazing because it's not the name on the back of your Jersey. It's the name on the front. And the fact that, that, that now says Israel and that we're representing Israel on the world stage, first team in the Olympics since 1976 to represent Israel. We are, we are, beyond excited and proud and, and and really just you know as jews just thankful for this opportunity um and, and don't take it for granted and, and by the way john i have to add it's also the name at the top of your head because frankly when you guys took off your caps at the brooklyn game and, and at every game i would assume uh, there, there, there was probably no need and some rabbis may yell at me for saying this but there probably wasn't a need to actually have a yarmulke on yet every one of you guys displayed a team israel yarmulke because with your <laughs> with your hats off you wanted to make sure the point was made that that we have this tremendous pride so it's all these little things that all of us are catching and appreciating so much totally symbolism yeah. goes a long way no question about it. What do your brothers and parents think of the whole thing? Uh, well, my dad said he's going to have to take a, some kind of sedative to be able to watch these games without <laughs> passing out. Um, you know, my family lives in Israel, and and my, and my dad's brother, my cousins, everybody actually, you know, is living. They've lived in Israel for their whole lives. And uh, so this is really duly special to me to be able to, you know, one, have the experience to go over there and see them more often and, and get connected more with that side of my family. Um, and, and they're, they're, they don't even know what to think. They can't even believe that this is real. And, and, you know, my, my parents and brothers, they're, they just, same thing. I don't, I don't think it's really hit anybody until we're, we're, we're walking down opening ceremony and, and we're in the Olympics and, uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's incredibly excited. They know how hard I've worked, that we've worked as a team, uh, that, that the people behind the scenes, Jordy Alter, Peter Kurz. Uh, our coaching staff has worked to get us to this point and the patience over the last two years. So, yeah, man, it's it's really exciting. By the, by the way, Jordy's one of the people responsible for my radio career. In between innings, he could tell you that story if you wish. <laughs> <laughs> what a good guy. He, he's he's amazing. He, yeah, if not for you, by the way, he'd be on. But when we had a star pitcher available, we went for you. What can I tell you? By the way, you, you raised the point about, you know, you having family in Israel. Do a lot of guys have family in Israel or you're the exception? Um, I would say that most of, I mean, obviously the, the guys that were born in Israel have, have have family. I would, I would say there's a couple guys that have some extended family there. Interesting. Uh, So there, there are a few players that do, but, um, you know, having cousins that would come to the States and we'd go visit them in Israel. I I don't know how common that is. So, uh, was was there a player that became an Israeli citizen and you, and you were like, you know, you from your background that with no connection to Israel except for the fact that you're Jewish, you're doing this. Like, was was there anybody where you where even you were surprised they went ahead to pursue this? There were a couple guys. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will I will say that. Yeah, and you know what? I think um, standing on the outside, you know, at first, and now you know, knowing these guys, it's been really cool to see them grow in their Judaism and in their you know in their pride. Uh, for Israel and their Zionism and and it's 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 amazing man all, all of it it's it's been it's been a very rewarding experience you know obviously to have the chance to play in the Olympics but also to grow with this group of guys to to meet new people amazing people in different in different 
paths and industries and and you know all coming together for this this unique unique experience you know we're not we're not guys that that all are are still playing right. some of us are you know in right. front offices somewhere or um mm-hmm. you know doing different things and and we all hold this this unique talent and and, and bond so yeah it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun have they decided if there'll be fans at the olympics they have uh, they're going to have 10,000 max capacity at per event so with Yokohama Stadium being able to hold about 40,000 fans, we'll have 10,000 fans in the stadium. I would imagine 99% of those will be Japanese because they're not allowing foreign fans. Right. So if we play Japan, we're going to have uh, we're not going to have home field advantage, but that's all right. Yeah. You know, we like the cards stacked against us. So there'll really be, except for in the dugout and maybe a few seats, there'll be very few people from Israel there. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be very few people from Israel. And I assume, but we know that. Yeah. We know that our our, our, fan, our fans are, are going to be cheering us on. I know I've got a lot of people here at 3 a.m. that are going to be waking up. I was just going to say, and, so, you, <laughs> so, you, so you know that I'm waking up two extra two hours uh, earlier, because like I did last time, just to watch pitch by pitch what's happening <laughs> through my iPhone. I mean, it's it's we're nuts. We're nuts. I'm telling you, we we have the same pride that you have. You just have this amazing athleticism, and and you're and you're completely debunking the myth that the that the shortest book in the world is. Uh, you know, Jewish athletes, because you guys, you guys are incredible, frankly. Uh, John Moscott's with us uh, this coming, excuse me, not this coming Sunday, a week from Sunday, they start the pre-Olympics exhibition game schedule. Team Israel plays New York's bravest at MCU Park in Brooklyn, Maimonides Park now in Brooklyn. That is a fundraiser for our friends at Makor Disability Services, and you know how much we care about my cars. So if you want to go to that game in Brooklyn, I know a lot of people listening right now do, it's July 11th, it's 4 p.m., dial this number, 917-796-7361. The schedule's amazing. And, John, by the way, again, all the little things, right? Tish above. You guys are starting at 9.13 p.m. Obviously, symbolically, you will not take the field until the fast is over, which I think is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you you hit it on the head a couple times. We we need all the support we can get. Um, we we would love to see fans out at these games. Obviously, it is it is helping us fundraising. As have the JNF USA. They've done an amazing job trying oh, yeah. to grow grow baseball in Israel, bring the bring the sport to the youth out there, and and help us get to Israel, get to uh, get to Tokyo for these Olympic games. You know, we we had needed the fundraising. Believe it or not, um, the IOC over in over in Israel didn't. Didn't really expect us to make it. We right. we we were an underdog, and so you know, from 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 day one, we the cards have been stacked against us. As I said, as Jews, that's how we like it, and we are, uh, you know, we're we're thankful for their support, incredibly thankful for their support, and and need need all the support that we can get from our fans in New York and and across the across the country. Yeah, I'm going to go through the schedule and all the pieces uh, that JNF USA is doing in, in just a minute. Um, uh, I, I just got to thank you. I got to thank you for joining us. I got to thank you for representing Israel and the Jewish people the way you do. I, I can't, uh, what am I supposed to, I mean, this is obviously uh, or likely the last time before July 23rd, I'll be speaking to a team member of team Israel. Uh, just go and get them, go and get them and show them, show them what Israel could do, what the <laughs> Jewish people are all about. You have no idea how excited we are. We wear our, our team Israel merchandise. We try to get people as many people as possible to these games all around the Northeast area. Uh, we're going to go through the whole schedule in a minute when I let you go. And, uh, and we just, uh, we, we just take tremendous pride in everything, all the symbolism, all the incredible gestures that you guys do. And, and as you said, 
you know, people come from a lot of different places, a lot of different directions, and it's all about growth in so many areas. And look just how much growth you guys are having in the Jewish area, in the Israel area. It's such an unbelievable era that we are living through. And who would have thought that a baseball team that represents Israel would represent all of that so well? So thank you so much, John. Nothing. Thank you so much, man. I, I I really appreciate the time, and we are we are over the moon, man. I can't say it enough. So uh, I'm getting chills thinking about it. I'm I'm so excited. I am telling you, there, there there are people all around the world who cannot wait to tune in and see how you guys do. And no matter how you and no matter how you do, you're going to give us tremendous pride and tremendous nachas, as we say as we say in Hebrew. Uh, good luck, John. Thank you so much. Thank you. JNF USA, their project baseball is remarkable. In fact, when JNF took JNF USA took this project on years ago, we were so thrilled that there was such a real infrastructure um, to support Israeli baseball. Such an amazing infrastructure. And Russell Robinson, my friend, kudos to you for for always understanding these visions and always getting them. JNF, Jewish National Fund USA's Project Baseball, provides financial support for Team Israel. There are a lot of expenses to get to 2021 Tokyo. They built state-of-the-art baseball and softball fields in Israel, including the primary Team Israel field in Beit Shemesh, which is amazing. Uh, the baseball fields developed the next generation of Israeli athletes. They bring America's pastime and a piece of home to hundreds of thousands of Anglos, obviously the American children and their families. They invest in the future of baseball in Israel, support and teach the game of Israel to Israeli youth, uh, created baseball, teaching the game to Israeli Jews and Arabs. Information and to learn how you could support Team Israel, contact Jewish National Fund USA Executive Director Lou Rosenberg, Rosenberg at jnf.org, Rosenberg at jnf.org. They are doing a remarkable job uh, with their initiative, uh, the Project Baseball Initiative, and we thank them. Thank you, Jewish National Fund USA, and thank you for your Project Baseball Initiative. And now I remind you, July 11th, our friends at Makar Disability Services are the beneficiaries of um, of your support uh, with Team Israel as they play New York's Bravest. Uh, 7-11, July 11th, 4 p.m. at Maimonides Park in Brooklyn, New York. Call the number and get in your reservations and support Makar. 917-796-7361. 917-796-7361. They'll be in Rockland County July 12th. Connecticut, the 14th and 15th. They'll be in Harrisburg, the 16th, at 10 a.m. Erev Shabbos game. They'll be in Bethesda, Maryland, on Tisha B'Av, but not till 9.13 p.m. They'll be in Aberdeen, Maryland, the Ripken Stadium, on the 19th of July at 6 p.m., and back in New York in Central Islip on the 20th of July at Fairfield Properties Ballpark in Central Islip, New York. That's the schedule. Go to IsraelBaseball.com, IsraelBaseball.com. IsraelBaseball.com, information, jnf.org, and you can contact Lou Rosenberg, lrosenberg at jnf.org. Very, very exciting. And if I was here next week, we'd do more about this. Very, very exciting. For the Sunday, July 11th game, Makar, 917-796-7361. You're listening to JM in the AM. That was my conversation with John Moscott of Team Israel. Rav Judah Michelle and Rav Avi Pollock of Camp Hask were on recently. It was the first day of camp. He'll listen to that conversation right now on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. JM in the AM Monday. Thank you, of course, Rabbi Goldwasser. Well, 
We're going up to Camp Hask. That's right, at least virtually or via telephone. Because Rep. Judah Michelle, Executive Director of Camp Hask, and Avi Pollock, Program Director at Camp Hask, are both standing by. This is an exciting time of year, everybody. A very exciting time of year. You wonder, hey, is Camp Hask open? Is Camp Hask welcoming staff and campers? Is Camp Hask ready for a, a regular, so to speak, 2021 summer season? We'll find out right now. Reb Judah Michelle, Avi Pollock, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Nice to so sp- good to be here. Nice to speak with both of you. Morning. Uh, first of all, what's the story? Is staff up in camp? Is it only you up in camp? Have campers arrived? Where do we stand in terms of the start of the summer of 2021? Well, there's a very definitive answer to your question. We are open we are full. We are back in business, although last summer we were back in business, too. But we are ready <laughs> to greet our campers and staff and have the greatest summer ever. You yeah. Bet. Well, look, I mean, uh, you're right that you were open last summer, but I don't think it was exactly the way you had seen it or exactly the way it's going to be this year. Uh, in terms of in terms of what's happening this moment, have the campers arrived yet? Does that happen today? Has it happened already? What's going on? Okay, well, we had our staff orientation. We're over 500 Young women and men joined us here in Parksville to prepare for a summer, to learn, to connect. Uh, we had the opportunity to hear of Judah speak <laughs> like seven times. That's Rav Judah, Rav Judah's voice is uh, on the mend right now because uh, he hasn't had the opportunity to speak to so many uh, future leaders of Cloud Israel in so in so long. But. Um, we, we're in that day in between our staff orientation and the beginning of camp. So our campers come up tomorrow. Wow. A lot of anticipation, I'm sure. Maybe some nervousness. Uh, I know that there are a lot of veterans up there at Hask among the 500 staff members that you just mentioned. Uh, but no doubt there's some rookies as well. And this is always an interesting day. And Avi, this is something that you and I discuss a million times over the years. Um, and, and certainly every time we visit camp. Uh, as difficult or as hard or as even as rewarding, obviously, as the work is for the counselors and other staff members, there is something about those hours before the campers arrive that is a combination of anticipation and nervousness. Uh, how would you describe what's happening up there right now? Well, what's happening now is everyone's getting ready. People are preparing. Yeah, there's some nervousness for many of our counselors. Um, this is the first time they've had it. You know, an immer- immersed in a giving experience on this level. And sure, there's some nervousness for it, but um, that's why we dedicate so many uh, resources and have so many professionals here to provide support, to make this a comfortable experience, a giving experience, an uplifting experience. We've got psychologists, social workers. We have upped our game in a major way this year in terms of how we're going to support our staff members. It's always been important, but we're you know, dedicating even more so that they feel good about the job they're doing, so that the campers benefit, and so ultimately you know, the, uh, the families get the respite they deserve and, and know, and know deep in their hearts 
that their, their, their daughters, their sons are in good hands here in Camp Hask. Give me an example of that, because many of us look at Hask and say, wow, it's amazing how specialized they are, how they've gotten down to the nitty-gritty and every single detail to you know, really uh, present a summer that's you know, with every base covered. What, what, give me an example of something that was added or tweaked this year where you would say, you know what, we needed this and now it's here. We're, our staff development um, uh, is led by uh, Dr. Benji Epstein and uh, Shuli Sohn, um, trained professionals. We're working with our staff <clears throat> all the time to make sure that they have what they need. And we're expanding staff programs. We expanded um, to the downstairs of, uh, of our main building and renovated it um, very nicely with a uh, workout gym for the staff. Um, we've got new, <clears throat> new specific groups um, for mental health issues that uh, we're running for our staff. Of the 511 direct care, uh, direct care providers we are going to be here this summer, they're coming off of a really, really challenging time. Yeah. Coming out of an unprecedentedly difficult, um, isolated uh, experience in COVID where so many haven't been in social environments, so many haven't been uh, around Hevra. We're addressing that. We're addressing that head-on to make sure that uh, everybody's able to do their job as well as they possibly can. You know, the um, uh, the the COVID uh, summer of last summer, again, with, with everything you guys did, which was remarkable, and we've discussed it, it still wasn't 100% the way a Hask summer normally goes. Can this summer be 100% the way a Hask summer normally goes? I know, obviously, outsiders, visitors, etc. I know that's all a big consideration and something that everybody has to keep their eye on. I get that. Other than that, can Cask operate relatively the way it was in 2019? So we, we've been saying that you know we're not going back to normal, but that we're we're moving forward. Um, we're moving forward in, a, in the direction of the way that the Rebona Shalom, the way Hashem has, has uh, in His infinite wisdom designed the world. Um, our numbers are, are stronger. Um, the amount of staff uh, is, is larger. Our services, in, in certain ways, have expanded. But uh, like everyone in the world, we've pivoted and looked toward the future. So we're not talking about going back to the way things were. Right. But uh, we're really moving forward, um, you know, and taking a Christ and taking responsibility uh, for the well-being, for the health of, of our campers, who, many of whom are, are of the most vulnerable in the community and come from really with real challenging uh, medical backgrounds and autoimmune-compromised uh, uh, medical states. And um, we've had to be very, very careful standards that we're expecting from our staff and uh, from our professionals in terms of their vaccinations and in terms of maintaining a very safe and healthy environment. But in the end, the same, <clears throat> the same internal algorithm that makes Camp Pass go that has always been the, the, the achrayas, the responsibility, the direct care, the therapy, the classrooms, the carryover of the therapy into every aspect of the program. Um, the training of the staff and uh, the, the incredible support that we provide for the families, that's, that's the same. That's the same, if not, uh, if not better. Avi, uh, last year, I, I don't know if people even realize this, uh, as, much as, as many people as you were able to service, as many campers and families you were able to service, a lot of uh, campers who uh, traditionally for the last many, many years came from different places out of town from around the world for obvious reasons couldn't. Are they all or most of them in camp for this summer? Uh, thank God our uh, community really spans across the United States and Israel and Europe. Um, and uh, those who were not able to make it last summer um, are back this summer. Obviously, Woo! 
obviously, you know, there's there's some change over over uh, over time, but the the community is back. Uh, people from all over the United States are returning this summer. Uh, we're doing everything in the safest way possible in terms of uh, precautions. Um, like Rob Judah said, our population is a vulnerable population, um, and we're going to do everything we can to provide the safest, um, you know, the safest summer for them. But they're back from all over, and we're looking really once again to unite Cloud Israel in Parksville, New York, one more time. Amazing. It's Monday. It's JM in the AM, and we're one day away from the start of Camp Hask 5781 2021. And Hask, as you hear from both Rabbi Judah Michelle and Rabbi Pollock, are almost at full strength, full capacity. Uh, for most people, you wouldn't recognize that there's any change or difference now in the summer of 2021 compared to the quote-unquote good old days. Avi, how has this affected the program? I know that obviously uh, with proper precautions, I'm talking about pre-COVID, with proper precautions and with proper um, uh, 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 preparation, uh, often uh, Hask campers do spend some time outside of camp and there are programs and trips that happen outside of camp. Can all those be part of the camping experience this summer? Um. We're participating in uh, in trips and uh, activities uh, as needed in the safest way possible. Uh, we really provide most of our programming in-house. We've certainly had to reorganize how we do our programming uh, to follow the highest standards of uh, safety and cohorts and making sure that we're doing things the right way, uh, following state standards and following our own internal compass for, for how things need to be. But the answer is our program is robust. The program is full. Uh, we've come up with uh, lots of new programming for our campers, um, and uh, we'll be you know, a part of uh, a part of the the community in Cloud Israel this summer. Uh, our campers um, enjoying everything they've always enjoyed, enjoyed and more. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll tell you, I can only imagine how everybody how everybody's anticipating this. Is tomorrow working the way it usually does? Big bus scene, lots of hugs, and and a big welcome up in camp. Um, you bet, you bet. <laughs> Tomorrow's working the way it always has. Like like we keep talking about, you know, there are precautions being uh, added into the into the operation in terms of making sure we're starting in the safest way possible. So uh, so so it's uh, there'll be lots of hugs. Lots of buses pulling in, but of course, after we've made sure uh, that everyone beginning the summer, uh, staff, campers, and everyone is starting in the safest way, um, uh, it's going to be a little bit more complicated than usual. I think uh, I think we can say that uh, for sure. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to make sure we're safe. But you bet the hugs um, and the tears and the uh, and the celebration is going to happen. Tomorrow here in Parks. And for some parents, the relief that they actually have a few weeks off, which is always very welcome. They're not shirking their responsibility at all. They just need Absolutely. some time. Absolutely. To- we always talk about how our, our clients are our campers. Right. But our clients are also their families, and our clients are also our staff who grow uh, in, in so many special ways during the summer. So we've, we've got lots of clients here, and all will be in great spirits tomorrow. Yeah, I can only imagine. And the season, I guess, is a full season, right? Meaning, I mean, you usually start around this time, last week in uh, June, and I guess you're going until, uh, you know, when you usually do in August, right? Thank God this is a full season in terms of numbers, it's a full season in terms of dates. Uh, by being strict and being as careful as possible in terms of precautions, that's really uh, allowing us, Amir Tzashem, to run um, at full capacity for the full summer. Reb Judah just went through a couple of things that are happening on the campus itself. I mean, is there 
I know that there's always talk about expansion. There's always talk about growth. Are, 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 are we, do we still have our sights set on those things? Or because of the nature of the way the last year has gone, we're sort of just, you know, let's get camp open. Let's get things, you know, running the way they should. And then we'll start thinking about things like that. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's been such an unstable time um, that, uh, and our focus was so much on to be able to provide scholarships and to be able to enable uh, our campers just to be here safely and physically. But uh, over the course of the year, Shmuel Khan was up here every Sunday. Uh, our, our maintenance and, and facility staff, Hanani Indig, were here every single day working on the inside of bunks, renovating bathrooms. Um, we, had a, we had a gym collapse over the, over the winter. Um, and uh, Baruch Hashem, the gym is, uh, is rebuilt. Uh, we've had to add spaces, uh, outdoor spaces, um, that are uh, right now temporary in nature, tents and the like, <clears throat> in order to, to accommodate all the different uh, standards from the Department of Health um, throughout campus. And um, and Baruch Hashem, we you know we're, we're, we've we've gotten deeper, if, if not bigger uh, as a campus, uh, we've gotten better and uh, honed a lot of elements of our program and uh, have expanded the type of services that we're going to be providing here on campus. And we're very excited about that. We're very proud of that. You know, the last time I was in Camp Hask, there was a foot of snow on the ground. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I, we, we, we stopped, I remember. Yeah, we stopped I remember by. the pictures, and, and it, was, it was only a couple weeks later that that foot became two feet. <laughs> Correct. And, and took down the roof of the gym. So I am looking forward. I don't know if you're going to allow pop-up visits, but I'm looking forward to seeing you without any snow on the ground, frankly, and watching that beautiful campus come to life tomorrow and watching it be so vibrant and so incredible for these uh, couple of summer months. It's an amazing experience, folks. I don't know if, if again, I don't know if, if anything's going to be open to the public uh, during the summer, but if you ever have an opportunity with permission, if you ever have an opportunity with permission to see a typical day at Hask, even if it's only for 10, 15 minutes, again, at the uh, invitation of uh, Reb Judah and Reb Avi, um, then you have to take advantage. It is one of the most uh, incredibly happy scenes you'll ever see, and this is in the midst of incredibly hard work going on from the medical staff, the counselor staff, from every aspect of the staff, from every department in the staff. Uh, but it is remarkable to see just how happy a scene it is as all this very hard work is going on. And I guess that's one of the things, Avi, you're going to be reassuring the staff. Uh, we know you're working hard, but this is the way it's supposed to be, right? <laughs> that's it. We work hard. We play hard. We try to support our staff in every way possible. Uh, but ultimately, you know, they're the ones who are, uh, who are uh, bringing the magic to camp, uh, caring for their campers with love. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's that knowledge that they're doing their job and they're doing it with love and with happiness uh, that fuels the program and that allows the parents of the campers and the families of the campers to feel totally confident um, in the care that their kids are receiving. That's, that's really what it's all about. Many people know that there are concerts up in camp, even during the three weeks, for a variety of reasons. Do, do we know yet what type of night activity we have planned for tomorrow night, or is that completely under wraps? It's not the wraps. It's actually no secret that the first night of camp uh, night activity is the first night of camp. <laughs> adjusting, huh? There's a there's an amazing, an amazing, amazing adjustment that takes place that for so many of our staff members and campers. It's the first time that they're meeting, um, especially after after last summer where right. we ran at uh, 100% heart but 15% capacity. So there's a lot of uh, new meetings taking place, and a lot of transitions and adjustments and learning each other. First time 
that our campers and staff will be sleeping together in the bunks and uh, preparing for bed together um, and going through their evening routine together. That itself, that itself is the, uh, is the exciting uh, event of the evening. Uh, and then the next day, we begin with all of our incredible programming. But you think behind, be... all, the, behind yeah. all the fun and the music and the guests and the, uh, the entertainment and the amazing recreation and therapy and, and, and academics and swimming, and all of the, the programming lies the most fundamental algorithm, <clears throat> which is Klal Gadol Torah, which is what makes us as a nation run which is Vaftorecha Kamocha. So the theme for tomorrow and for the entire summer is uh, just incredible Mr. Snefesh sacrifice for the Jewish people, giving selflessly, completely, uh, at the summer of, of Achrayis, of taking responsibility for one another. And it is a lot of fun, and it is very beautiful, and, and there's buzzers and bells and whistles, and I think we do that pretty well. We put on a really, really great show. Well. Yeah, but fundamentally, fundamentally, it's, the, it's taking responsibility for the needs of others and, and enabling their families to have a respite, a really desperately needed break after these past couple of years, that uh, when the community takes part and supports what we're doing, has a real partnership and a real chalik uh, in that merit, and, and that's the main thing. Nobody does it like Hask does it. I take this opportunity to wish both of you and the entire Camp Hask family and staff, administration, of course, the counselors and campers, starting tomorrow when they all come up, a very, very successful summer, a very fun summer, a very safe summer, not just COVID, but in general. We pray for everybody's safety, of course, and that things go smoothly and well. And we'll check in during the summer and see what's happening up at Hask. It's another glorious summer up at Camp Hask. Believe it or not, everybody, they are open with their staff, and they're ready to welcome their campers tomorrow, which is pretty amazing. Reb Judah, Reb Avi, good luck, and we will be in touch. Thank you, Nachum. We appreciate all that you do. We appreciate the opportunity to speak and look forward to seeing you. Uh, yes, I look forward to seeing you as well. Unbelievable, everybody. I don't know how they did it last year, actually opening up and, and getting some type of camping season under their belt, which was amazing. And now... They're ready for a raring 2021 up at Camp Hass starting tomorrow with the campers. We wish them the best of luck. And again, uh, information about Camp Hass, just be in touch with either visit their website or be in touch with uh, Rib Judah and Ribavi. And you can find out more and more about the incredible work that they are doing. JM in the AM. It is a three weeks format Monday morning broadcast. That was my conversation with Rib Judah Michelle and Rabbi Avi Pollock. Thanks so much for tuning in to JM Rewind. More coming up. Keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.